Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. It's the breakfast huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for the bigger picture. As we set things up for the week, let's not forget, uh, we've been enjoying positive end to the week a uh, couple of weeks in a row now it seems that that market sentiment is that inflation is improving and perhaps we won't get as high a rate hike come february the first but this week there's a lot to watch out for earnings being one of them and a data dump out of china yeah you've got a lot on the table and that's perhaps one reason why we are seeing markets rather mixed so much to digest quite a bit of noise as well so if you look at what's been happening in the markets at least last Friday, we are getting through some support with that positive session on Wall Street after we saw some indicators around inflation pointing to lower numbers. For example, the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey showing the one-year inflation outlook fell to 4%, the third straight monthly drop. And that kind of indicates that the Fed may be possibly thinking or has the leeway to ease off on its rate hikes. And then we look at the data coming up from China. So much to chew on, including in the coming days, uh, its growth numbers as well as activity data. Over the weekend, we had more numbers around COVID-19 related deaths, Mm. 60,000. This after dropping restrictions last month and of course, also around some complaints from the WHO about how they may be under-reporting mm. their deaths. And also with the reopening story, we've got links opening up and resuming, including the high-speed rail connecting mainland China and Hong Kong. So you've got that prospect of a rebound from China, but then you've got so many, well, maybe near-term headwinds to deal with. So let's unpack it all with Charu Chanana. She is the market strategist for Sexo Capital Markets in Singapore. Morning, Charu. How's your Monday? going? Uh, morning. I'm just looking forward to the week, so I think it's a great start. Well, it's a great start. So let's start with the Bank of Japan. It's going to be in action this week. So let's set up the context first. It is the first time it'll be meeting after that surprise signal back in December when it kind of hinted it might be tweaking its policy when it comes to interest rates after a long stretch of ultra-easy monetary uh, stunts. Walk us through what this meeting means for Bank of Japan. Yeah, certainly. So, you know, after that US CPI is um, out of the way, the focus has obviously completely shifted to the next event risk in the market, that is the Bank of Japan. And like you rightly said, you know, they did start uh, tweaking the policy a little bit in December by raising the yield cap uh, from 0.25% to 0.5%. So that was obviously the first step. And ever since uh, then, uh, I think there are two other key developments. One being that the bond yields have actually risen, you know, to this new cap and they continue to test it. In fact, last week, Thursday and Friday, we saw uh, bond yields rising above this 0.5% cap. So, uh, you know, that Mm. obviously prompts the BOJ to announce unscheduled bond buying operations and they've already spent about 10 trillion yen to kind of preserve this cap. So that's one reason uh, why the markets are speculating another policy tweak and the other is that um, you know we had a local media report last week which said that the central bank will evaluate the side effects of this massive monetary policy easing that they've had for years so again that is another reason why we are seeing this speculation you know of a policy tweak um, on the cards this week 
but still, I think there is some chance that the BOJ officials could, you know, say that we want to kind of wait and see the full impact of the last month's move before taking any further action. But, you know, that being said, I think the speculation will continue to build as we um, get to closer to, you know, Governor Kuroda's retirement, which is uh, due in April. So I think there is potentially a lot of uh, room for the yen to recover still. The hedge fund positioning is still short on the on the yen. And with this U.S. yield, um, you know, going down and the mm. Japanese speculation for a further policy tweak, I think all the factors are aligning for further strength in the yen. Yeah, talking about factors, um, we're looking at on Japan, comes to this messaging. Is it a case where we should be expecting the unexpected? Because um, when it comes to central banks, typically you see a very well telegraphed communication for investors to kind of figure out where things are going. But when it comes to Bank on Japan, it seems like they want to take the markets by surprise. Uh, yes, I think their communication uh, strategy hasn't really been as effective as uh, the other central banks uh, in the last few years. And yeah, they obviously surprise us, you know, with their policy decisions, with their bond buying operations, with their yen interventions, which occur at the most unexpected times, you know, Friday evenings in Asia hours. So yes, I think uh, it is going to be, you know, uh, a particularly volatile week in that sense. And, uh, you know, with investors expecting myriad of um, options here. Uh, but mm. obviously the central bank taking its own, own course as to what it wants to yeah. do. Definitely something that will support the Japanese yen in the coming months as well. Let's turn attention to China. Are we expecting any surprises? We are expecting the fourth quarter GP numbers. In some extent, it's going to be backwards looking. But what can we expect as a indication of what's to come? Uh, so, of course, you know, the quarter four is important in the sense because that is really the time when we saw China's pivot in terms of its, um, you know, zero COVID policy, in terms of its stimulus options as well, especially for supporting the real estate sector. Uh, but I think it's too soon to expect a turnaround. You know, consensus expectations are still for softer GDP growth in the fourth quarter compared to what we saw in Q3 as well. And that's because, you know, the despite that shift in zero COVID, the initial shock wave of infections, it could still be significantly disruptive to economic activities. We uh, probably had a lot of people falling sick at this time, a lot of workers calling in sick and not you know, reporting to work at this time. So all of that is, you know, expected to drag on industrial production, you know, on retail sales as well. So overall, I think the data will still be depressed. But certainly, I think uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, we should start to see improvements, um, you know, as we progress through 2023, despite those um, short-term headwinds that we saw. Charlie, we're talking about light at the end of the tunnel, the China reopening story. It does possibly stand to benefit a lot of commodities in time to come. Why are you seeing from the picture right now? Are we seeing any uh, big moves? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's been a big story specifically for the industrial metals part um, of the commodities. So copper has had a brilliant start uh, to 2023 uh, on hopes of that potential surge in demand from China as it starts to, you know, rebuild its economic uh, cycle. It will start to, you know, fuel its economic recovery after the years of zero COVID policy kind of restrained uh, consumption and restrained the growth in the property sector as well. Uh, but the rally, of course, in copper has been so fast that, uh, you know, some profit taking might emerge this week. So that is certainly important to watch uh, this week. I mean, we are still bullish on copper for this year. But just that, you know, it's not going to be a one-way move. And because the rally has been so fast and furious, there's potential for some 
profit taking there and similarly even gold i think you know it's had a positive start to 2023 you know real yields are starting to ease and there's been a lot of central bank buying in gold also so that is um, causing uh, demand uh, push to gold prices see i think again this week will be key we need to see some demand for et from etfs mm-hmm. to pick up in gold and if that happens we could say that gold rally is also a little bit more sustainable yeah. Look at yeah, copper has been up 11% to a seven-month high and for gold up over 7% in the past month. So we'll watch out for these commodities in the coming quarters. And looking at the earnings picture, last Friday we saw US banks reporting and they kind of warned that they are bracing themselves for a recession by setting aside more money for bad loans. What can you expect this week from the earnings picture? Uh, so certainly some more bank earnings, I think, but the message is likely to be the same. So I'm really shifting my focus towards uh, a little bit on the consumer side and to see how the consumer's trend, whether has it been resilient or not. So I think it will be important to watch Thursday's um, earnings report of Procter & Gamble. Um, you know, I think the key story, as we've discussed before, potentially is going to be margin pressures mm. again in Q4. You know, it is getting a lot tougher for companies to pass on price increases to consumers. And then wage pressures are still, you know, continuing to run higher. So I think the margin story will be key to watch with that PNG earning. And then we have on Thursday as well, Netflix. Again, I think important for investors to focus on user growth, on updates to its advertising business and user engagement figures and the like. So I think uh, these two will be the key to watch this mm. week. And also Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley tomorrow night. So lots of earnings to watch out for. We've been chatting with Chow Chanana. She is the market strategist for Sexo Capital Markets in Singapore. Chow, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Ryan. It was such a pleasure. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.